As a driven dentist, you see the world differently. Where some see scarcity, you see abundance. When others want to give up, you keep going. You're building an amazing life of significance. That means you can't rely on ordinary advice from ordinary advisors to get to your goals. You want advice that's going to help maximize your net worth so you can take even better care of the people you love, the causes you care about, and make your dent in the universe. But the fact is, this advice remains hidden because relatively few professionals are well-versed in them, and the extremely affluent don't care to let you know about them. Join us as we pull back the curtain to reveal the often hidden advice and strategies used by today's most successful individuals and families. Welcome to Dental Wealth Nation. Here's your host, Tim McNeely. Hey, welcome everyone to another edition of Dental Wealth Nation. And I don't know about you, but I've had some good experiences in life and some not so good experiences in life. And and sometimes in your dental practice, in my business, just in life in general, right, our experiences don't always uh, match up to what we, we want to deliver. And that's why I'm so excited about today is because by the time we finish today, you're going to know how to really create a holistic experience that's going to help you stand out from all the noise that's out there. You're going to have a new way of thinking about every single person who walks through your door. But more importantly of all, you're going to feel inspired to create better experiences, not just for your patients, but also for your team and everyone else around you. And I couldn't think of anyone better to help us do that than Ryan Vett. And I could tell you that Ryan's an entrepreneur. I could tell you that, like myself, he's married to a dentist. I could tell you that he's run a $100 million company. That's right, $100 million. That's a, that's a big number for you out there. And I could also tell you that he's been featured in almost every single biblical, uh, business publication out there. But what I really want to share with you about Ryan is he has a passion and a life purpose for inspiring people to create positive outcomes by creating experiences worth sharing. Ryan, welcome to the show. Tim, thank you so much for having me. Oh, it, it's an honor. And right, experiences matter, don't they? They do. Absolutely. Every single day we have countless interactions and we rarely talk about the mediocre ones. Right. It's the good ones that we talk about. And so so tell me a little bit about how you really got started in your journey, not just in, in entrepreneurship, but also in, in healthcare, and then this focus on really creating experiences that are worth sharing. Like, like anyone, you know, if you, you look at a movie star, they're typecast one time and, and they have that typecast over and over and over again. And I was typecast early on as the marketing guy, partly because that's what I thought I wanted to do. And ever since my very first company, uh, I, it was uh, 14 years old and I ran a marketing company. I had 13 team members that worked for me. Uh, we served over 200 some clients in 25 different countries. We, we helped raise over $50 million for nonprofits and NGOs. And, uh, I was the marketing guy. I helped create postcards, collateral, website, whatever you needed. And so did my team. And then as I got into the venture back startup world, I also was the marketing guy and I was doing sales and revenue growth. And finally, as I got to the point in my, uh, my career where I, I launched a couple of my own companies and, and sold them and, and sat in the CEO seat and saw operations and finance and everything. And what I really realized that I was passionate about was yeah, I love marketing and branding. That's that's always going to be a sweet spot for me. And I, I actually like operations. Um, I like using both sides of my brain. But what I found is that every single thing that we do in life, 
what we talk about is our experiences, our good experiences and our bad experiences. We really talk about the uh, experiences, those meh kind of in the middle experiences. And that goes for your team. That goes for your patient base, that goes for your clients, your customers, whatever it might be. And so everything from running a lemonade stand as a as a kid all the way to having the opportunity to run uh, a company well into the nine figures, um, it, it was all about what is that experience that we get to create every single day? It's an opportunity and a privilege that so many people in marketing and sales and branding overlook when they're trying to grow up and to the right. Wow. Well, and, and even your marketing background, I mean, essentially that's kind of the in a sense that that is creating an experience because of the the material that people interact with the things that they see the way words are presented right that in and of itself is an experience creating activity isn't it absolutely tim so every single day a study recently came out published in forbes that says uh you and i living in the united states i'll let you take a guess do you know how many advertisements we see on a given day oh i'm gonna guess it's thousands Thousands. Yeah. It's about 10,000 advertisements a day. Think about it. Getting up in the morning and even getting ready. Your your shampoo has an ad on it. If you got a bar of soap, it's got a bird stamped on there. You get your toothpaste and your toothbrush. I mean, everything. Your shirt has uh, a logo on it. Your background has, uh, you know, Dental Wealth Nation podcast on it. 42 times that I can see right now. Can't count that fast. But you've got all sorts of different things that are just screaming at you. And so, yes, that's part of branding and marketing, created, um, creating that first impression. But what I have found is that getting new patients in the door, for example, is relatively easy. Now, I'm not saying it's easy and anyone can just go grab patients off the street, but that's not the challenge. A lot of people are like, hey, I got 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 new patients a month. Well, the question is, how many of them came back and why didn't they come back? Because wealth is not about how much money you bring in every single month. That's riches, right? But wealth is what do you accumulate and start to build up? And the same thing is true when you're investing in people is how do you create that experience that takes them from a stranger to a raving fan or a brand ambassador? Yeah. Well, I, and that that takes a little thought and, and some some intentionality, doesn't it? It doesn't just happen by accident. Not at all. You, you have to take uh, a lot of work. And, and most people, if you think about it, if you go to a Waffle House today, you know what you're going to get right? You, you know your experience at a Waffle House restaurant. Um, and if you haven't been to one, it, it's a uh, pretty much through the Southeast, but they're throughout the country. It's a, um, a diner style, very small. You sit at a bar and you're going to get mediocre food, mediocre service for a mediocre price. And that's all right. Like you're, you're never going to be wild there. But I, I think of familiar things that we do every single day, like flying. You know, I, I have the opportunity to speak, um, a ton every year and, uh, you know, I fly on Delta uh, pretty much exclusively. In fact, earlier this year, I had to hop on a different airline to make a tight. Uh, I had two events in a day in different cities, and the only place direct was a different airline. I felt like a traitor. But the reason that I'm so loyal to Delta is because of the experience that they give me. There are only so many ways you can sit in an airplane seat and only so many ways you can eat airplane food, right? Uh, but the experience, the fact that every once in a while I have a handwritten note with my name and something about me on my seat when I come to sit down, or the fact that one time I almost missed a connection and they had a Porsche come pick me up from my plane and drive me through the Atlanta, not through the Atlanta airport, but like under the Atlanta airport to my next plane because I couldn't have made it fast enough. Now you think about that, Delta has 80 million people that fly on their planes every single year. It only takes about a quarter of a penny from every one of those tickets to create that transformative experience. But because of those things, it's not the, the metal bag tag that they give me, though that's nice as it jingles through the airport and people turn their head. No, it's 
it's the how they make me feel. So yeah, they have good marketing. They might have the best price. They might not, but they did something to create, tra transform an ordinary opportunity and create an extraordinary experience out of it. Yeah, I mean, I, I would be blown away if that happened and they would earn my loyalty because I'd be like, they got me. They they understand me and they they're they're going out of their way to to create that transformative experience and create loyalty. That that's amazing. Exactly. And I think that's where practices so often miss the mark. There are so many people out there that are doing great marketing. And I do think you should have practice marketing. I think you should invest in great websites, videos, photos, everything. But sometimes it stops there. Forbes did another study, uh, and they looked at the switching cost of America in 2021. This was published in 2022, so studies slightly old. But they looked at how much revenue companies lost because someone left their company and went mm. to a different for because of bad customer service. So switching from your cell phone provider from Verizon to T-Mobile because of a bad experience or whatever it might be. So they looked across the entire country and they found that $1.6 trillion was lost in revenue because of switching costs. Now, obviously that went to another company, but the moral of the story is it wasn't about having the best product. It wasn't about having the best marketing. It was about someone had a upsetting experience that was not handled properly and that person moved to a different organization. I think the same is true. You can have the best marketing. You can have all of the great things going on in your practice. And if you don't create that experience, not only for your patients, but for your team and your partners and your vendors as well, if you're not creating that experience, why would anyone want to come back? Yeah, so true. Now, you know, when it comes to kind of creating those innovative strategies, are you suggesting we need to go out and buy a Porsche and pick up our patients? To, uh, is that like the, the trick that we're missing? Or, or are there some simple things we can do to really create those experiences also? Yeah, I think there's a, a lot of different ways you can approach creating positive experiences. And for everybody, it's different. Um, the first thing I, I like to think about is... Um, I've owned, I'll give you an example. I've owned two cleaning companies. Uh, the first one was a mistake. The second one was just a big mistake. Uh, but anyway, one was commercial, one was residential. Learned a lot during both. And one of the things that we would always do, and this is not to be crass at all, but to be honest, we would take people in on their first day of training with us and how to clean. And we'd make them clean a bathroom, right? That the, the hardest part of the job. And after they were done, we would tell them that they did it wrong because here's what inevitably would happen 99% of the time. The person comes in, and if you think about this, visualize yourself cleaning a toilet. Um, even if you have cleaners do it, you know how to clean a toilet, generally speaking. You get the brush, you lean over the bowl, you spray the, the toilet bowl cleaner in, and you scrub leaning over the bowl. Now think about how you use the toilet. Again, not trying to be crass, but your mm -hmm. perspective is different. You're probably about a foot to two feet lower, and you're faced the opposite direction because you're sitting down. And you see things differently. The light's going to hit things differently. You're going to see dust on the toilet paper roll holder that you weren't going to see before. You're going to see something in the back corner that cleaning a toilet you're never going to see. And so the easy tip for practices to do, and this is a fun team activity, mm. is go together as a team and start your patient journey from the very beginning in your car. So pull in. Is your practice clearly marked? You've been going there every day of every year for the past 10 years of working at that practice. Is it clearly marked? Can they find it easily? Because people are already stressed most times going to the dentist. Um, the number of patients that say they love going to the dentist is far less than the people who, uh, <laughs> you know, the other group. So is it clearly marked? Once you pull in, are your parking spots easy? Are they well marked? Are they long enough, wide enough, whatever? 
Then you walk in, is there trash? Are your shrubs dead? And then opening that door, do you have like one of those air conditioners in the summer that like suctions your door shut and so that door's so heavy and they're pulling on the door? And, and start walking through and take note of everything the patient sees. Because hmm. then all of a sudden they're, they're sitting down in, in that chair. They open up the Highlights magazine and the first maze has already been done. So they turn the page and the next crossword has been done and they turn the page again and someone spit out their gum because they didn't want to see the dentist. The, they didn't want the dentist to see they were chewing gum. What's that experience? And walk all the way through the entire practice, not as you, but as the patient. Lay back in your chair. How many stains are on your ceiling? And, and it sounds simple, but the list that practices will come back with and teams will come back with have dozens, if not more, things that are simple changes. We're not talking about going and repainting your whole office, which you probably should do if you need to. But simple things like, oh, well, this chair, if you sit in it, is too close to the door. And every single time someone walks in, the, the door hits it. We're going to move the chair. Or this chair can't see the TV. What, whatever it might be. Simple things. Um, but often, it's a lot less money than you think. Just like the Delta example, a Porsche is uh, a quarter of a penny per ticket on average to, mm -hmm. to do that. It doesn't cost them hardly anything in the grand scheme of things. But that story has been told to tens of thousands of people around the world because of my experience. Yeah. Right. And I love that, that literally that perspective shift of, right. Instead of looking at it from the owner or the staff, right. Placing yourself in the, the place of the patient and what is the patient seeing? What, what are, what's going on from their perspective? Cause that's truly eye opening, and it's a completely Absolutely. different experience because you're seeing it with a different set of eyes. Absolutely. I think the other component that I, I try to teach people is the, your five senses. Your five senses play an incredible role in your perception, especially in a physical space. And so walking into a dental practice, what are they seeing? What are they hearing? What are they tasting? Probably the rugby face. What are they touching um, and seeing, smelling? That was the last one. And, and you think about it, these are not things that we often think about. It's kind of like we're, we're scent blind when we walk into our own practice, just like when you walk into your own house every day because you're so familiar smelling it. But those are big triggers to a lot of patients that again are something easy to change. Like I've seen a practice that gives you a custom scent. You can pre-select your custom scent before you go to their practice. And all they have, so simple, costs them maybe $200 a year. Okay. And all it is, is they have a little two by two um, cotton swab and they have a row of essential oils, like five different scents. You put the oil on your cotton swab. They have a, a safety pin, pin it to your shirt. So what do you smell walking around? Your own personal lavender, your own personal eucalyptus. Cost them nothing, but the patient got to pre-select. Just like if you're flying, um, uh, you know, first class, they email you a couple days before. What meal would you like to have ready on uh, when you're up in the air? Same thing. It, it just gives them that experience. Doesn't have to cost a lot of money. Um, I've seen a lot of practices starting to put Sonos and iPads in 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 each individual room. And so the patient can sit down and pick, pick their own playlist instead of whatever, who knows what's going on through the speakers in the practice. But now you've got your own custom music or headphones. So again, these things don't have to cost a lot of money. They're not a lot of investment, but you've just taken an experience of running someone through a practice as fast as possible. So you have efficient schedule to actually transforming their experience and saying, Hey, that was sort of a pleasurable experience. Yeah. Well, right. And those little things really do make a difference. I was out on the central coast last week with a friend picking up a wine shipment and visiting a couple wineries. Nice. And, you know, we, you know, we, we know the people there and we're chatting with them. And, you know, at one point we kind of made the joke. We're like, what notes do you have on us? 
And we started like going through the notes because right. That's how they create those experiences. It's just jotting simple things down about you. And in this case, we, you know, we kind of hacked the system a little and we were having a little fun and we put some weird notes in there. So the next right. person who gets it is going to ask us like what wine pairs really well with spaghetti and meatballs. Right. So, nice. so we're having some fun with it too, but right. Just little simple things like keeping notes on your customers and what's important to them. It doesn't take a whole lot of effort to do that. And it really creates a, an amazing transformative experience because so many people aren't doing it. Right. It, they just overlook it and, and they come back and they wonder why they get so many new patients every month and none of them book recare. Yeah. Well, well, well and this is not just going to have an impact on the patients who are coming in, but it's going to have an impact on how they talk about your practice and how they talk about you too, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, experience is one of those things you want to share when you get a good gift at Christmas or a birthday, you can't wait, but to share it, you think about your, your elementary school days. Like it was always the, the day, first day of the new year, what'd you get? And, and it was just overflowing. When you get a new car, you tell people when you buy a new house, you tell people why, because it's an experience. You're proud of it. And the same thing is true. If you go have a terrible meal, um, at a, a restaurant and it just did not meet your expectations, you're going to post about it. You're going to tell people, but if a Porsche comes and picks you up and drives you to your next plane, you're going to tell people about it. And so, again, most of us live in that mediocre middle. You definitely don't want to. We don't even have to talk about the bad part, right? Because I know all your listeners are far more sophisticated than that. But we do need to talk about raising mediocre, that ordinary into the extraordinary. Yeah, so true. And, you know, Ryan, we've been talking about really that that patient experience and, and things that you can do to really build that brand loyalty, turn those patients into to raving fans. But what are some things that the doctor can be doing to, to really create a better experience for their staff and the people they work with every single day? Are there some things that can be done there also? I think that's the biggest key. I, after exiting one of my, my startups, I ended up picking up a couple wine bars and coffee shops as a hobby. And what I've learned, and I don't directly manage them, but I've got much more much more qualified people to do that than I do. But when I talk to the leaders of each of these locations, I can see our, our customer experience meter, which is obviously very important, as you can imagine, to me at all these locations, ebb and flow based on team satisfaction. And the team satisfaction is a leading indicator of what the guests that walk through our door are going to experience because when our team's not happy with their manager or the schedule, or they work too many hours or whatever it might be, we find that that overall or will ordinarily trickle into the guest's experience. So a couple of things that practice owners or doctors can do that are really simple. Uh, first of all, make sure your, your team loves coming to work. Just make it a, a fun environment and no, you don't have to get the hoverboards and ride around the office and have the cool vending machines. That That's probably a liability that your insurance is not going to cover. But why does your team feel valued as a person when they walk through the door or are they just doing it to, you know, punch the clock, collect a paycheck and go home and, you know, rinse and repeat. Granted, most of your team members probably are working for the paycheck. They're not financially, they don't have financial freedom, but you can make that enjoyable for them. I think of um, this video that we just filmed uh, for for one of my companies that I own, and we filmed at one of my coffee shops. And it has uh, every single person. It has a guy. It starts with a guy getting out of an Uber, and it has a little text message bubble pop up, and he's looking at his phone. It says, "Congratulations, you just uh, closed on your first house, or 
you know, the keys are going to be there. I'm totally botching this. My creative team would be totally canceling this right now. But but basically, it's like, hey, you got a house. And he looks over to the side and he sees this person, a street musician playing. And you kind of walk in and all of a sudden this pencil rolls off the table in front of him. And there's a girl there and she smiles saying, thanks for giving me the pencil back. But then it spins around. You see her computer screen. It's like, hey, you just flunked your class. You can't graduate in two weeks. And basically it goes through story after story of, hey, this person bounced their account. They're just trying to buy a cup of coffee. This person just celebrated their engagement here because they met here on their first date, you know, three years ago. And every single person has a profound story that walks through our door. That's the point of the video. And I, I think that that is important in the practice. You know, the old adage was leave your baggage at the door, come to work and be professional. That's not realistic. We are people, we are one person and the stuff around us, um, you know, really impacts us. And so as a leader in uh, a practice, how can you make sure you care for and love your team in a HR appropriate way, love your team, uh, love your team well so that they can, ha they have an experience that's positive and that's automatically going to overflow into the way that they treat and love your patients. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I love that, right? Really focusing on the fact that everyone has a unique story. There's a there's an internet site called the Dictionary of Obscure Sorrows, and they they kind of oh. make up words for for things that that exist that we're not quite sure how to describe them. And and one of the words they came up with is sonder. And sonder is this idea where you know you for for just a moment you get lost in someone else's story, and you realize this person sitting across the table from you or walking across the street, whatever they're going through in that moment is just as profound, is just as involved as everything you've been going through, and yet you have that little moment of connection of realizing, yeah, they mm. they've got a complex story just as complex as mine, and that that mm. sonder idea, right? That those profound stories of realizing everyone has them, but to do that, you've got to actually see the other person across from you. That's good. That's very good. Yeah. So yeah, definitely incorporate a little bit of that Sonder. And, and I love that, that focus of, of, you know, looking at the, the team members, but, you know, I know sometimes as a doctor, you know, you may be thinking, man, this, this is hard. Like, I don't even know how to start creating an experience for my team. Cause they, they are just there for the paycheck. Like, I, I, like, how do you even start creating that kind of environment? Well, what are some simple things that a doctor can do to really let their staff know that they care about them and they're trying to create that that better experience for them? I think there's a couple of things. One, obviously, management styles differ. And so you can't uh, kind of pre prescribe the exact same formula for everyone. But one of the better books that transcends most management styles is One Minute Manager. They have the new One Minute Manager, too, by Ken Blanchard. And what it does is it talks about um, public praise, and it talks about private correction. That's hmm. a huge way because in the hustle and bustle, and this is not just dentistry, this is everything, in the hustle and bustle of your day, you walk out of the operatory, you throw up your loops, you're frustrated because something wasn't set up right, and you quickly scold them, but you scold the, the assistant in front of everybody. And then you go back to work, and you, now everyone's a little upset. Is there a time and place for correction? Absolutely. Patient safety is important. Team member safety is important. But there's a way to do it. But then when something goes really well and the room's set up perfectly, how many people praise that? I don't. I'm not good at that. That's one area where I, as a leader and a manager, I, I fail regularly. When things go the way they're supposed to, I, I say, well, that's why I'm paying you. The, but the correct response often should be, uh, you know, every once in a while, just thank them. Like, you know what? Today was a perfect day. Everything went exactly how it was supposed to. Thank you. So that's one way, just saying thanks. The, the other way 
that takes a little bit of effort, but not much, uh, because we all have electronic patient records, is to find milestones. One of the most profound things that you can do in really anybody's, uh, any type of marketing or uh, leadership is find the milestones that really make an impact. So for example, I'm going to use Delta again. By the way, they don't pay me. I pay them about $25,000 a year to talk about them. It's my honor. Um, so uh, so these milestones, I you get a million miler milestone. You get a special baggage tag. They send you either a gift card or this custom backpack, all, all this stuff. It's a milestone of what you've accomplished. You can do the same thing with your team. Go to your, uh, you know, patient, your, not EMR, your patient uh, record and download how many uh, hygiene exams your hygienist has done. Once they've reached a thousand at the morning huddle, say, and today I'd like to recognize mm -hmm. hygienist A because they've completed their 1,000th clean or patient two today will be the 1,000th clean that this hygienist has done at our practice. Wow. That's so much better than a birthday. So much better than, hey, you've worked here another year. It's like, no, you've accomplished this in your time at our practice. If hmm. you have a, you know, any sort of digital phone system, which I think every practice should have, but the side conversation, um, you, can, you can pull records. Like, did you know that this year uh, out of 1,000 phone calls, uh, our front office team has booked 50% of them. That's 500 patients booked from phone calls. And guess what? They did that in under 3,000 minutes this year. Congratulations. You know, whatever those milestones are, yeah. but every single role has that and it's profound. So, so really, right, it's not even doing anything all that different other than just kind of opening your eyes and looking around for opportunities to praise people, looking for things to celebrate that aren't the obvious birthdays and holidays. It kind of reminds me a little bit about a, a book that a guy named John Rowland wrote called Giftology, where, you know, oftentimes the wrong time to give a gift is on the expected times. Like everyone yep. expects the holiday cards. Everyone expects the birthday gifts. So do them at times when people don't expect it. And then they're actually going to receive it. And, and it creates a different experience. Exactly. I mean, you, you even sent me a book unexpectedly and it wasn't for a birthday or anything like that. And I had it sitting on my desk and now it's on my bookshelf for a while. And it was a constant reminder of you. And it was, awesome. it meant a lot. It was a surprise, right? That surprise yeah. and delight campaign is what we use a lot in, in the software world, that term. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, you know, we've been talking about that, that kind of experience piece. We've touched on marketing a little. How do you tie these two things together? How do you balance you know, marketing with creating an experience? Are there ways to tie those two together? I think consistency is the big thing. Who who are you as a practice? Um, a lot of marketing companies, and this is not specific to dental, but I'll use a dental analogy. Uh, a lot of marketing companies are all about, and dental would be drill and fill, right? Get them through the door, get them in the chair, make money. Well, that's fine, but why do you do what you do? At the end of the day, why does every single person come to your practice versus the practice down the road? Why does someone come to Starbucks or not go to Starbucks? And I, I think one of the things that you do is you have to figure out who you are in your messaging. Maybe you're the fun practice, right? And so you do silly things. You've got, I don't know, a can of worms hidden at the chair and a whoopee cushion when they sit down. Not recommending that, but maybe just to, to uh, over-exaggerate the idea. Be consistent when, when someone first hears about your practice all the way through the time that they walk out your door. And that should be a consistent thread. And realize that marketing is not enough anymore. People expect something different. And guess what? If you just give them the meh experience, 
you might have them come for one more appointment, maybe not, but then they're going to go for someone else to see if they can get something better. And most patients, here's the crazy thing. They don't even know what they're looking for. It just wasn't special. It was just another dentist appointment. So if you're just another dentist, I'll go to another dentist down the road that's more convenient or has an appointment open when I need it. Um, now, obviously, if you create a bad experience, they're gone for sure. And there's there's ways to salvage some of those too. But I, I think just be consistent from the time they hear about your practice all the way through the end. Yeah. So so really moving, like you said, from that that mediocre middle to something extraordinary, because right. the bad people, they're right, or the bad experiences, you're going to push people off mediocre. They're at a high risk of, of going somewhere else because they just don't know any better. Exactly. And I think actually bad experiences are some of the best ways to transform, uh, transform someone's perception, good or bad. You know, I, I, I think of a recent example where uh, we had one of my companies, we had royally overcharged someone and um, royally, but it was a, a recurring payment. And so it was not caught for a very long time. So this got larger and larger and larger every month. Long story short, uh, we handled the problem. And I also personally reached out to the person that we had wronged and said, Hey, I'm so, they weren't angry. They, they were very gracious, but I said, Hey, I just want to let you know from my perspective as leadership, that was not okay that that happened. Here's the check and balance we put into place. So it won't happen again. Here's the corrective action that we took. And then what I did was a month later, I, when this recurring charge would have hit again, I followed up. I said, Hey, this is the week the recurring charge is supposed to hit. We've put these processes in place. Please let me know if you get charged so that I can immediately correct it and we can revisit it. But I'm pretty confident that my team has it taken care of. And they were wowed. Was I trying to wow them? No, I viewed them as a person that we had wronged, right? We had done something and charged them uh, a lot of money over a very long period of time that should never have been charged. And we never caught it. And so I was hmm. just simply trying to make it right. And to I mean, the email I got back, I shared with the team, not to brag, but to say, this is why we care about people. It's not just another patient. It's not just another dollar. This is someone's hard earned money that we had been taking wrongfully. So we had to make it right. And now not only did we make it right, but I, I'm pretty sure this person is a raving fan or at least moving towards that direction. Yeah. Well, and I think you break up a really important point there, Ryan. And, you know, people don't always expect perfection, right? They know we're all, you know, we all got issues in our businesses right. and our life. And there's an appreciation when you do take ownership of something and you say, hey, th this shouldn't have happened. We caught it. We're on it. We're going to fix it and make it right way. Oftentimes, just acknowledging the problem for someone is a yep. massive opportunity to create that experience because, you know, we're all trying to get better. And I think people appreciate that when you do take that time and effort to own it and say, hey, we're going to make this right for you. Absolutely. And I have every, all my coffee shops that I have in wine bars, I have every five-star review come to me. And then I share that with the whole team and I say, Hey, guess what? And it comes <laughs> to me instantly. Congratulations. It's probably one of the only times the whole team hears from me, um, <laughs> just because of, uh, you know, I, I've got great team leaders that, that run those, uh, businesses. But then when there's a, a one-star review and we had one this morning, actually at the day we're recording this, I, I quickly read through it, made sure it was legitimate sent it to uh, the manager only and said, Hey, here it is. Let me know how I can be helpful in solving this problem. It, it was hmm. a, I understand exactly what went wrong. And so we could troubleshoot it. And that manager instantly knew to follow up. I didn't even have to say how to follow up because he knows um, how to create an experience and, and we're taking care of it. Right. Perfect. Definitely not. We're going to make mistakes, but it's, it's again, even in some of those moments where, where a lot of people would cower, 
you have an opportunity to transform that that negative experience into something extraordinary we're mm. sharing in a positive way. Well, and I love what you just shared about that too, is right. You're, you're practicing what you preach. You're taking those good reviews, publicly praising everyone and the negative ones you're sharing just with the appropriate people. So, right. You're putting it into practice. That's amazing. Yep. And don't do it perfectly by the way, but, yeah. but we do my, do our best. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, what about generational differences, right? Is this something younger generations care more about? Do older generations really appreciate the experience? Do you see much difference in terms of the, the generations and how we should approach the marketing and, and patient care and creating those experiences? Oh man, are you ready for part two of this, this episode here? Um, you, you, you open a can of worms. Part two. <laughs> yeah. So obviously, um, I, I've written the book Cracking the Millennial Code and working on the second one um, from Z to Alpha, looking at generational dynamics. Uh, it's not a dental book, but it, it applies, of course. Uh, so really passionate about it. And I would say experiences now more than ever are important. And I, um, if you go Google, go to Forbes and Google Orange Square and then put my name, so the word Orange Square and then my name in Forbes, um, it'll come up with an article I wrote on the Fire Festival. And for those of you who don't know the Fire Festival, I'll summarize it real quick. I'm going to ruin the documentary for you, but long story short, uh, it targets a bunch of millennials, this huge concert on an island in the Bahamas. You get to swing with, swim with the pigs, fly in a private jet, hang out on a yacht, be with supermodels, meet all the bands. People are paying tens of thousands of dollars to go here. Turns out, for the most part, it's a con. Um, and it became a disaster, super unsanitary. People got stuck on this island. There was no concerts, it, no lodging, just a complete train wreck. So uh, for some reason, people like watching other people's train wrecks. So there are some good documentaries on that. I say all of that um, because that was so effective today and probably would not have been effective 15 or 20 years ago because of the millennial generation. So we're, we're looking at those really born uh, in the 80s and early 90s. Uh, so the first part of the millennial generation. And what they want more than anything is experiences. They thrive on experiences and, and the primary reason we can told you you're going to open a can of worms i'll keep it short um but the primary reason is they're growing up years that's what their parents wanted to give them so their parents were gen xers for the most part and their parents were latchkey kids meaning they would come home there so the grandparents of the millennials the parents of the gen xers they weren't present because they were working too hard and so when that next generation the gen xers had the millennials as their kids they're like we're going to do everything different we're going to turn turn around and do things different. And we're going to be these helicopter parents and we're going to make sure they have every experience and they go on this vacation and they have this food and dining experience and they go to this immersion school and they have 22 sports that they play, even sports we haven't created yet. And, and they do all this. So millennials thrive on that experience and they also have short attention spans. So if, if they don't get what they want or don't get what they think that they deserve, then they're going to be gone and go to the next practice. So those little things that make them feel like the special snowflakes that they are, sorry, I'm an equal opportunity offender when it comes to generations. I am a millennial. Um, but when, when they don't feel, get that special treatment that they believe that they deserve, uh, they're going to walk. And so that's your major patient base right now. Looking at that group, they're, they're in their 30s and 40s. They, they're having kids. They're choosing which pediatric dentist to bring their kids to. Um, perfect example. You know, we, we've got two, two boys and you know, which, which one of my, uh, wife's friends does she take them to and all of that. So, um, it, it's, it, it does go into some generational dynamics, but I would say at the end of the day, every single person likes feeling special, yeah, um, and, and feeling appreciated. 
Very, very true. So, so as you kind of look out, do you see some future trends emerging just in the, the field of, of patient care and, and healthcare marketing? What do you see coming out? Right. And my crystal ball is usually wrong, but uh, you got some predictions or, or things that you see for for kind of where we're heading. Yeah, I think uh, a custom tailored experience is going to be important or a very convenient experience. And I wouldn't say they're necessarily substitutes for one another, but some people just want to get in and out quick and don't care about the frills. And so if you can see me tonight and, you know, you take my insurance or the pricing super transparent and I can pay cat, whatever it is, like uh, a lot of people are going to be we're talking about the younger three generations uh, right now, they're going to be okay with that um, or feeling very special in a more experiential type practice. I think those are kind of the two extremes. The other trend uh, I think we're going to see with younger generations, and then they're not uh, totally in your patient base yet. You've got Gen Z a little bit in um, your patient base now uh, that, that are going without a parent. I'm saying they, they are your patients, <laughs> but they're, they're choosing their own uh, practices to, to be patients of, you're going to see more and more from these younger generations, a desire for truth. You saw this with the baby boomers and you're going to see it again now. And what I mean with that is they lived in a world and still do where media is throwing stuff at them and they're getting so many different opinions and guess where they're going to go to verify anything you tell them. They're going to the internet, right, wrong, or indifferent. And so if you don't tell them exactly what they can find on the internet, they're probably not going to trust you. So I think mm -hmm. there's been some really, really interesting advancements, especially with AI in, in dentistry that uh, you've got like a Pearl or one of these, um, uh, these softwares that can read uh, an x-ray and then call out in a way a patient, uh, uh, you know, a non-trained eye can see, hey, this is what we're talking about and this is what's going to happen. And some of these storytelling methods uh, and being more truth and factual, as well as, uh, you know, a growing distrust of insurance among the generational divides. And they, they're like, I'll just be uninsured because the gig economy, again, it's a can of worms here. I'm trying to trying to keep it tight for you. Yeah. Um, but I think you're going to see some some more of that transparency and truth uh, become a demand of, of uh, Gen Z. And then uh, it's still a little early to tell what Gen Alpha is going to totally be like when they grow up. But so, so when you when you talk about kind of the the, the seeking the truth, right? And I'm, right, it's just kind of whatever is on the internet. Does that mean addressing some of the things they may find, even if they're not true, and in being prepared to say, "Hey, here's what you're going to find out there. You're going to see this, 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 but really, here's what's going to happen." Is that what you're talking about? I not exactly. I don't. Okay. I don't think a lot of this generation will listen uh, hmm. to you creating the argument for them, right? They like to be free thinkers. Um, and again, all these are generalizations uh, yeah. to anyone listening. I usually give that disclaimer before I start talking about gen generations. I, I think that you can provide the truth for them in something concrete like, uh, you know, a, a piece of software that can very clearly define that this is not my subjective opinion, but this is an objective mm -hmm. answer. Um, same thing with pricing transparency. I think it's going to be good, um, you know, the, the whole, I think your insurance is going to cover this, but I'm not sure. Like insurance verification is huge before the patient sits down, especially for these younger generations. Other older, more mature generations are just disenfranchised with insurance, as I think many are, but they're used to it coming back maybe a little bit different or having to pay out of pocket. These younger generations are like, nope, you told me I, I only had to pay a dollar today. Now you're asking for four. That's not going to happen. Um, and so I think it's just this accuracy, transparency, and truth. 
that these the newest generations that are becoming adults are are more in demand of than maybe some of the the former generations before them. Okay, so so they really want that information up front, and they want to know what they've been told is what they're going to get, and there's really no room for for any errors on that side of things. Then, yes, they want perfection. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's not too it's high of easy. Bar, is it? Easy. Yeah. Yep. Great. Well, so, you know, if you're a, if you're a doctor, you know, really trying to, to work on this and build those, those patient experiences, you know, we've talked about so many things here, like what's the one thing you would start with, right? What do you do? How do you, right? What do you go back to the office tomorrow and do? Yeah, I think, uh, first of all, you've got to get your team involved. You can't do it alone. Um, you know, just going to be another initiative the doctor came up with because mm-hmm. the doctor listened to a podcast. So get your team involved. And I think the fun team activity is so you can find the most things walking through the shoe, the eyes of a patient, yeah. sitting in the patient chair, seeing, does it creak when you sit down? Does it feel unstable? Like I never sit in the same chair in any of my wine bars or coffee shops. When I go, I always move around. Why? Because some of those tables are wobbly or, or something. Those need to be fixed. Now we do. Mm-hmm. It is someone's job to go check those every day, by the way. Um, but same thing at, at the practice and have a competition who can find the most things that are easy to change today. You can have the hmm. dream list, right? right? You can have the, yeah. the full wall of TV and the interactive, whatever. Yeah, you can do that. But what are the things that you can do today and make it fun? Gamify it. Um, yeah. People love, love playing games and give, give the person who came up with the most things a winner, uh, a prize rather. So I think um, that's the thing that you can take home and, get everyone involved and have them think differently about how they're caring for their patients. It's not just about, you know, leaning someone back and scratching at teeth for 45 minutes or an hour. You're actually impacting that person's life, that person's oral health, and they have something going on in their life. You have something going on in your life. How can you make sure that you create that experience worth sharing? Yeah, I know. And I think that is a, a brilliant exercise for everyone to do. It's so simple. It's fun. And I love that idea of just gamifying it, right? Involving your team in improving that patient experience. So powerful. So any closing thoughts before we sign off? How can people get in touch with you? And and how do you help doctors do this? Yeah, I'm probably too easy to find online. Uh, so just Google Ryan Vet. I, I'm the only one. They're not a whole lot of vets. Veterinarians, yes. Vets with the last name, no. Uh, so RyanVet.com. Uh, I'm on all the major uh, social media platforms um, as well. So you can check me out there. Check out some of the businesses that I'm into. Um, one of my businesses actually does have a, a public customer experience training course. Um, that's, that's coming out early, uh, or late this year rather. So, uh, that's accessible online and, and that can be used for team training is what it was designed to do. And, and it helps you think differently about specific interactions along, along the way. But, um, you know, I, I love having conversations with people and I, I've had the opportunity to do this from, cleaning companies to coffee shops, lemonade stands to, uh, you know, large software companies with hundreds of team members and tens of thousands of customers. So um, I, I have a, a fun perspective on a lot of different businesses and how to create those positive experiences. Wow. Well, hey, thank you for sharing so generously. Thank you for making this a great experience today. And I know our listeners will will definitely benefit it from it and they can go back and they can put that team exercise in place right away. And if they do that, you're going to discover things. If you go back, you do that one thing, it's going to start leading to a whole bunch of other things. And, and it's going to really help you improve patient care so that you can take even better care of the people walking through your door and your staff. So Ryan, thank you again for sharing so generously with us. Thanks, Tim. All right. Until next time, we'll see you again here soon on the Dental Wealth Nation show. 
You've been listening to Dental Wealth Nation. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from the show. Join us next time as we pull back the curtain to reveal the often hidden advice and strategies used by today's most successful individuals and families and help maximize your net worth so you can take even better care of the people you love. Till next time, make sure to hit the website at dentalwealthnation.com. 